What's up, Lacey and Benny? This is Joey, and welcome to episode 25 of the LB Content Podcast. <sighs> very excited for today, because it starts something very special, and that is the 10-day countdown to the very end. That is the 10-day countdown till the day that I get home and get to see you on the 28th. So today is day 10. Super exciting. I'm so glad that I made it this far. Um, with that said, it is June 19th, and this is the fifth installment of the History Time series. We've gone over Rubik's Cubes, Cheez-Its, Pillows, Ukuleles, and today we're talking about words. Etymology, it's something I know you enjoy, so I was really excited to cover this topic as one of our last three of this series on, uh, you know, countdown day 10. So with that said, the links that I'm using for this will be pasted in the description. Um, so I'm just, that, you know, that I'm going to be using as resources today, but I'm just going to kind of go through the content. Um, and yeah, we'll work it from there. Okay. So with that said, let's get started. Our first link is brought to you by EF.com. Um, and it is 12 English words with truly strange origins. So first off, uh, we'll just read a little introduction here. The English language is a curious melting pot of words from across the globe, forged through a millennia of invasions, wars, colonial expression, scientific and cultural developments. Out of an estimated 750,000 words, we've already identified the most beautiful, the funniest, and the weirdest but which English words have the strangest origins? Starting with number one, we're gonna kick off the list with sandwich. Sandwiches get their strange name from the fourth Earl of Sandwich, an 18th century English politician and nobleman. The circumstances of Lord Sandwich's supposed invention of the sandwich is a subject of hot debate among linguists. Some believe he consumed his food between two pieces of bread so that he didn't have to leave his beloved gambling table, and that his fellow gamblers began to ask the servants for the same as sandwich and later just a sandwich. Others, who are perhaps more respectful of Lord Sandwich's work, believe that he ate food in this fashion only so that he could stay at his desk and attend to his political commitments. Very interesting history. Did not know that about the sandwich. Uh, okay, so coming at number two in the list, we have the word clue. Technically, English speakers stole this from the Greek gods. It is taken from the word clue, spelled C-L-E-W in Greek mythology. When Mentator, a monster with the body of a man and the head of a bull, trapped with mythical king Theseus in a labyrinth, Theseus is said to have escaped using a ball of yarn for a clue. He used the yarn to track his path so that he could follow back if he got lost. So a clue, C-L-E-W, came to mean something that guides your path, and it later came to mean this in a broader sense as offering guidance to discover a truth. Very interesting. Um, I did not know that that came from Greek mythology. Um, so number three on our list, we have hooligan. Um, we have many words for troublemakers in English. Ruffian, thug, hootlum, 
job, travel out, the list is endless. Each word not only has its own nuanced meaning, but also off but also often suggests something about which region of the UK the speaker comes from. But if you're called a hooligan, the origin is less clear. According to the Oxford English Etymology Dictionary, the name originates from the surname of a Rackhouse Irish family, Hooli Han, mentioned in an old song from the 1890s. Another theory is that back during 1745, Jacobite Rising, an English commander misheard the Scots Gaelic word for the insect midge, Mean Bach Chuliag, and created the word hooligan to express his frustration at all the pesky midges. It later came to describe anything or anyone that was irritating as the midges. Very interesting. Uh, coming at number four, we have the word nice. Teachers in English-speaking countries often despair at the overuse of the adjective nice in their students' writing. And it turns out that now have even more reason to ban the word from the classroom, since the term, term was originally a negative one, meaning ignorant or foolish. Linguists track many possible origins of the word. It may have developed from the old French version of nice in the late 13th century, or from the Latin nius, though it's thought that it slowly became positive over time because once introduced into the English language, it was often used to refer to a person who was ludicrously overdressed. Later, this was confused with a reference to something that is refined or someone that is, quote, nicely dressed. Huh. Crazy how the positive or negativity of a word can change like that over time. Um, now number five, uh, is shampoo. Now, you have even more reason to enjoy your shower time, because the word shampoo comes from Hindi, meaning, and means to massage, derived from the Sanskrit root chapati. The word initially referred to any type of pressing, kneeling, or soothing, the definition later extended, to mean wash the hair in 1860 and was only in the 1950s that its meaning was further extended to refer to the washing of carpets or other materials. Then we move on to number six, which is nightmare. It's pretty clear where the first part of the word nightmare comes from, but what is the mare part? While equestrians among you will wonder if it has anything to do with horses, this is misleading. A mare actually refers to a female goblin that sits on you and suffocates you while you sleep, and tangles her hair around you in a mare lock and tries to induce bad thoughts. Pretty nightmarish, no? That is pretty scary. Um, moving on to number seven, shambles. The origin of the word shambles is a real mess, which is ironic because a shambles literally means a real mess. It's not uncommon to hear English speakers complaining that their life is a shambles. The term is said to have derived from the Latin term scamillus, meaning a small stool, like a chair, but at the same time that the term scamillus was being used, the word shambles in the form we have today was also being used to refer to a stool. We don't really know why the term, the two terms are being used at some point, but at some point, the meaning of a scamillus became more specific to distinguish it from the other. It referred to only a stool upon which something is sold. Some years later, the meaning of a 
Scamillus was refined further to mean a stool or stall where meat is sold. Then it meant a meat market, next it became a slaughterhouse, and finally somewhere along the line we started using the word shambles to create puns about how our lives are a bloody mess, much like a slaughterhouse. Coming in at number eight, we have tattoo. So the tattoo gets its name from Polynesian word tatau, which simply means a mark made on the skin. The term in this form developed out of the Samoan word tatau, meaning to strike. Its first known uses in the English appeared in 1786 in Captain James Cook's journal Endeavor, in which he described a tradition of a tradition of tattooing among the people he met during his voyage in Polynesia. The practice of tattooing existed in England before this time, but before we acquired the loanword from Polynesia, it was referred to as a form of painting. In fact, when a native Indonesian man of New Guinea was sadly brought over to the UK as a slave in 1691, he was known among English people as the Painted Prince due to the markings all over his body. Super interesting. Moving on to number nine, we have ketchup. This one ought to be interesting. The infamous tomato sauce you slather over your fries might have not always have tasted quite like it does now. There are many theories about where the term originates, but the first possible reference to it might have been as early as the 17th century, when the Chinese used ko chiap to refer to a mix of pickled fish and spices. And ketchup's first recording in the English language is listed in the 1690 dictionary in which it is spelled catch up, as in C A T C H U B. Moving on to number 10, we have the term checkmate. The chess term checkmate is said to have come from the Persian word shalmat, which translates to the king is helpless. However, as chess traveled through the Arabic world towards Europe, and the Arab word for dead is mata. It also said to have mean the king is dead. Many object to the second tracing of the term's etymology because shah or king in chess does not die. He is simply pressed into a position in which he cannot escape. Very interesting. It's cool to see when words track through different like languages and places and stuff like that and kind of make the etymology hard to track. So coming in on our second to last one, we have number 11, robot. Shakespeare wasn't the only writer who introduced new words into the English language. The English word robot comes from the Czech word robota, meaning forced labor. The word was introduced back in the 1920s by author Carol Kapak in his science fiction play R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots, which explores the idea of manufacturing synthetic people. Interestingly, he later revealed he did not invent the word himself. It was actually his brother, who himself was a writer, but is best known for his work as a painter. And then, coming in last, we have barbecue. The term barbecue comes from the Caribbean word barbacoa, meaning frame of sticks. It makes sense. The interesting part of this is that the first recorded use of barbecue in the English language was rather as a verb, not as a noun. While it first appeared in the noun form barbecado in the in the 1648 in the sentence the Indians instead of salto barbaco barbecado or dry and smoked fish, it later appeared as barbecue in 1661 in the sentence some are slain 
and their fret their flesh forthwith barbecued and eat so that so that should put an end to debates about whether barbecue should be used as a word huh ha ha with that said um i was going to do two links we've already made it to 12 minutes just with um just with the one link so i'm still going to be putting both of these links in the description of the episode so feel free to check out the other one if you have time but with that said thank you so much for listening to the 25th episode congratulations on making it to day 10 of the final 10 day countdown i love you so much miss you both so much i can't wait to see you um when i get home thank you so much for listening and i'll catch you in the next episode